Hello and welcome to the Go To The Local podcast. This is a very special podcast for a few reasons. It's the first one that we've done outside of London, uh, outside of the UK in fact. We're in uh, deepest, darkest Bavaria. Um, two, it's the first female we've had on the show, so that's another diversity box ticked. Um, and three, I've forgotten some of my spare batteries. so. I don't know how this is going to sound because we're using a different microphone now. So it's, uh, it's very much a leap into the unknown on all three counts, but we'll see how it goes. Um, so I'm going to introduce you to today's guest. Hello and welcome, or willkommen, should I say, to Gabby Treese. How are you doing, Gabby? Uh, good, thank you. I thought you'd say it's special because your wife is on the show, but maybe that's not such, such a special thing. You've got to give the listeners at least hope that they could get with me. All those... <laughs> Legions you of think women. That's where that all your followers are coming from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. I'm not sure, but but, um, but yes. Uh, also, uh, point four. She was my wife. So, um, and not just uh, you know, it's not just because she's my wife that she gets uh, uh, the nod to come on uh, this episode. But she is actually from Bavaria as well. She's German, so she does have a unique insight, which we'll be probing uh, in the next half an hour or so. Um, so, yeah. Hi, Gabby. Thanks for having us in uh, in Bavaria. Thanks Would you for like being to... here. <laughs> no problem. Would you like to explain where we are? Introduce where we are. Yeah, so we are in a Gasthaus called Zollhäusl, which means customs house. Okay. And it's um, it's right on the German-Austrian border, on the German side, but right next to the river. That's the border between Austria and Germany. So we're right next to Salzburg. And um, yeah, it's a pretty cool old building. I think it's over 100 years old and um, looks quite grand, I would say, like thick stone walls. It has a massive beer garden outside, um, a lot of like dark wood. The main hall is, is quite tall. I don't know if you've been here when it's uh, Christmas time and they have this really really tall Christmas tree like yeah. three four meters tall so it's quite a um, impressive building I would say yeah and I'd say I mean it's not exactly like the, the sort of beer halls or guest houses you get around here but certainly the beer gardens very classic for Bavaria um, it's got that sort of homely feel mm. it's not I wouldn't necessarily say it's exactly, well, it's not exactly like a, a British pub at all, really. Um, it's probably a little bit more, a little bit more food focused. Um, although, yeah, later on it does get a little less food focused and a bit more, a bit yeah. more boozy. Yeah. Um, there's a crowd of Austrians here who've <laughs> slipped across the border and they're quite rowdy already. So. They've just been told off for singing very loudly. <laughs> yeah, they've had a good Sunday by the looks of it. Um, Yes, okay, so, and, and, and would you say this is your favorite in the area? I think every time we're here, we come here because the food's quite good. Thank you. The food's really good, um, and the atmosphere is really nice, and it just feels quite, you know, when you live abroad, you get a little bit homesick, so when you come home, you just do all the things that are, like, extra 
German, I guess, and um, I want to eat dumplings and Käsespätzle and, you know, all these things. Käsespätzle? What is that? Oh, it's, it's uh, like little gnocchi, basically, okay. like the German variant of um, gnocchi. I really like the place as well, just because they have all these weird, like, memorabilia on, on the walls. And um, when we came in, we just saw this old picture of a bunch of people actually sitting in in this place around a table from like probably 80 years ago yeah. little boy that was wearing shoes and stuff like that's some real I mean, like were shoes common <laughs> 80 years ago in German I don't Germany? know I'm not that old but I guess um, maybe it was a little poor kid yeah. couldn't afford shoes <laughs> kind of makes me quite sad yeah, tough times um, and yeah it, it, it's lovely actually they, not all the time but We've not had them uh, today, but usually when you ask for a beer, you'll get it in a big ceramic mug as well, which I think, I don't know, I, I don't know what the science is behind it, but it just tastes better out of a ceramic mm. mug, I think. I think that's the way to enjoy beer. Maybe it stays colder for longer, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, obviously, out of a plastic cup is, is yeah. bottom of the, the end of uh, the scale. Then glass, nice thick glass with a with a... With the handles you get a lot around here um, and then that's ceramic, true actually because sure. think about it like if you're in a pub outside in the uk for health and safety reasons they'd probably always pour it in a plastic pint cup and that's just not the same as having it in a nice big glass glass as we call it or um not a stein so that's actually i don't know some weird invention i guess of the english language because we don't call it Stein. I mean, Stein is a German word. It means stone, but that's not what we call the glasses that we have at or the jugs that we have at Oktoberfest. They're called Maas. So the anyone Maas. who's so if you say Stein, can I have a Stein at the Oktoberfest? Okay, they'll think, know that you're. I think the, not from yeah, exactly. Here. The waitresses will probably know the word, but yeah, it's it's strange. It's not what we call it. Okay, we're learning something. That's good. Um, in terms of. Um, Beers, obviously, Bavaria knows what it's doing in, in insofar as uh, beer brewing and beer drinking, for sure. Um, but you don't tend to get the, the big uh, brewery names, the big brands in these yeah. sort of places. Yeah. It's more every village has their own brewery, everyone yeah. enjoys their local brand, yeah, exactly. and they don't tend to go too much further than that. Is yeah, that it's weird. It's this weird parochialism, I guess. Yeah. Um, where, like, the place we're in right now, they only serve the beer from Reichenhall, which is the town around the corner. Yeah. I guess because breweries often own these places, right? But yeah, you'd never see, like, Foster's or anything like that. I mean, in Salzburg, there's a lot of Stiegel beer, and, like, each each town has their, their beer, and people are really proud of it. And yeah. I, I remember the story of a guy who... Um, had like the, his favorite beer's logo tattooed on his bum cheek. So that's how far people <laughs> go. So you know someone? No, no, no. It's like a friend of a friend of a friend okay. of a friend. Hopefully an urban myth, because that's, <laughs> that's appalling. That's appalling behavior. Yeah, no, it's really, it is going a little bit too far. But yeah, I guess it's like the ultimate, like Bavaria was doing microbreweries before they were cool. And um, yeah. But you don't, t so do you get your, I don't know, Paul Anna's or things like that around here? I, uh, 
you're right. I mean, it's, it's probably more local thing because Paulana is from Munich. So if you're closer to Munich, you'd probably get pubs that only serve Paulana, I guess. But here it's all like tiny little breweries that you probably wouldn't have heard of and that don't really go... Yeah, they don't really... They're not being exported, I don't think. Yeah. And not a hope in hell of getting anything English around here, which I'm happy about, to be honest. True. Yeah, that's kind of strange. I mean, I've, I've never seen it. Maybe no. in an, an Irish yeah. pub or something yeah, 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 in, in exactly. Munich or something. Yeah. But beyond that... But like, what would you even stuff. expect? Um, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect it, for yeah. one, but if, if something did make its way over, you're probably looking at... Carling. I suppose maybe back in the day, Carling, yeah. Maybe modern day you might see a, a brew dog. Mm, you know, they're maybe. sort of spreading around a little bit abroad. I mean, abroad there's some, some, like, Belgian beer bars. Yeah. Um, and they serve Belgian beer, obviously, and then there's Irish pubs, and they serve all your Irish beers. But yeah, you're right. Um, people here are very proud of Bavarian beer, and they just serve their own their own beers, really. Yeah. Uh, drinking's very big round here, and there is a difference. But it's a different kind of drinking. It is a different kind of drinking. Um, is it much more? It's a bit more relaxed pace. Mm. There's no real binging that goes on yeah. in the same way that you might get. Yeah. In I only really learned binge drinking when I moved to England. And obviously, like Bavaria is a big beer drinking, um, almost said nation, but it's not actually a nation on its own, even though some people would like it to be a nation. But, um, you know, you're allowed to drink beer when you're 16 years of age in, in Germany, so that's the drinking age for beer, and then it's different for like hard liquor and stuff but maybe that's why it's not really such an exciting thing yeah you drink beer but you drink it along with a nice meal or you drink it just at a slower pace you don't really down like two pints in a in a row just to get absolutely hammered it's a yeah it's a more relaxed drinking and maybe that's kind of described by the concept of Gemütlichkeit which you know. roughly translates to... Well, that's the thing, you can't really translate. It doesn't uh, really have an equivalent in... Um, but let me um, consult the Wikipedia page because this is actually a good definition here. It's roughly like a, a sort of comfortable, homely yeah. feeling, right? Yeah. It says it's used to convey the idea of a state of feeling of warm friendliness and good cheer and coziness, peace of mind and a sense of belonging. And I think that's kind of really nice, a sense of belonging, that like when you're sitting down, you feel like you're at home. Yeah. Like you can actually stay for a few hours and there's no rush. Um, and you just feel, feel happy. And if you imagine like um, um, a real nice beer garden, and, and these beer gardens can be massive, right? And you're sitting underneath the trees and the light is coming through the leaves and there's like, gravel on the floor and you're just sitting there for a, a whole afternoon of daytime drinking, eating some nice foods and pretzels, drinking beer or drinking shandies, which is actually really common. In England, I don't think shandies are, are that popular for some reason. Frowned upon in mm, some circles. Yeah, it's weird, isn't yeah. it? But here it's like completely, um, completely a thing. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a different kind of drinking. And um, 
I, I guess the, the other kind of drinking which is which makes Bavaria different is the, the the sort of drinking culture around beer festivals obviously Oktoberfest being the, mm. the most well known yeah. um, but every village has mm. their own festival yeah. is it an annual thing or do they have more frequent than that? There's a lot of spring festivals or um, 1st of May is a really big um, holiday in Bavaria where they put up the Maypole and oh, there's just so much tradition around where you know, men wear their lederhosen and the women wear their dirndl dresses. And then yeah, it's a massive beer tent with music and these big beer benches, basically a mini version of, a, of an Oktoberfest. Yeah. But the whole idea of Oktoberfest is there for binge drinking. I think that's just, again, something that tourists have created because Oktoberfest really is a family festival and the beer tents only make up maybe 10, 10% of the whole area of the whole festival. That's what I was first surprised about, actually. It is... From an English perspective, you think it's just about yeah. going there, getting smashed, drinking liter after liter of, of beer, and then um, you know, crawling home. Um, yeah. But there's much more than that. There's, yeah, it's a theme park. Yeah. There's there's food everywhere. There's it's, ghost trains, roller coasters. Yeah, all the old school sort of, of food. fun. Yeah. There's a group of us actually that came maybe five years ago now. Uh, all of us English. Uh, there must have been about thirty of us coming, I think. Um, and yeah, if there's anything that proved that we, we do things differently when it comes to drinking in the UK, uh, it was that weekend. At least, <laughs> at least half of the group were in tears at some stage. A bunch of us missed the last train home, had to get a two and a half hour cab back. An absolute shambles, to be honest. Um, so <laughs> once again, Brits abroad, uh, letting us all down. Um, and you've just got a bit of food to the table. So, yeah. what do we have here? It's a... Um, it's quark. And I think quark is another one of those words that you can't really translate, but it's been quite popular recently. So, it's some sort of um, like cream cheese with some nougat inside. So, and a is nice this a little... popular thing around here? I think that's more an Austrian thing, really. But they, And it's the a dessert, lines, right? Yeah. Okay. But the lines between Austrian and Bavarian food are quite blurry. Yeah. So let's, yeah. let's okay. claim well, it. It looks interesting. Um, I'll add a photo so everyone can see exactly what it is. It looks like a couple of donut balls with, yeah. with jam inside. It's really and then nice and A little icing sugar topping. It's Will the, nice. the millions of listeners hear me um, eat while I'm... Uh, hopefully well, not, we're but almost certainly yes. Apologies so in advance. maybe you can go easy on that. <laughs> <laughs> How? And, and I know you've, you've lived in England for quite a while now. Um, what was your reaction when you first came into a, an English pub uh, compared to mm. what you'd been brought up on in in Bavaria? So where was it, first of all? So I would say because we don't really have like pubs the way we know them in England. The, the first real pub I came across was when I lived in England, in Oxford, where I actually worked in a pub. Okay. And I still don't really know how I got that job because I'd never worked behind a bar. And couldn't speak um, English very well at the time. <laughs> Probably not. 
Um, but yeah, they took a chance on me and um, and that's my first uh, experience really, but I had no clue. I remember this one time serving a Guinness that I poured right up to the top in one go, <laughs> served it to a very confused customer. <laughs> and my manager saw it and just like, without saying anything, just took the glass away from him and, and reported it. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, that's how you pour it. Or well, I if you don't know, it's quite no, an unusual quite a weird thing, isn't it? timing thing to do. I know. Yeah. Um, the other thing is they was um, also serving these little cocktails and every time somebody came to the bar I was just praying they wouldn't order any of these like weird cocktails like slippery nipple. <laughs> it always looked like a little lava lamp whenever I made it. There were no layers. It was just like <laughs> a weird mess. So I wasn't really good at that but I loved working in that pub. It's really nice and to this day when I walk into an empty pub that smell of of the kind of beer-soaked wooden floors always remind me of that time. Delicious. <laughs> it's kind of nice, though. Um, uh, well, that sort of morning smell where mm. the, the sort of mixture of chemicals and yeah. the beer and maybe a few of the fluids from it, the night before. It's, um, it kind of tells a story. There was a lot of fun was had in those places. So um, It's a very charitable way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and um, and then, so that was in Oxford, and you've, you've been in London for a few years now. Um, what are your favourite pubs in London that you've uh, you've enjoyed? Mm, I like pubs where I can sit in at, at the table and look around and just be entertained. I find the decorations quite important, so that's why I really like the commercial tavern with all these paper butterflies. Uh, on down the in walls. Spitalfields, yep. yeah, lovely. And that's bonkers, that place. The, the decoration is. there is it's a bit like really, a, really cool. It's almost a bit like, like a... Like an art collection. It is like a museum. A, a museum. Yeah. Um, okay. But I think the location's quite important as well. And the memories you have of a place. I mean, it could be the most amazing pub, but if you had a shitty time there, you're not going to like it. But for me, the commercial tavern, every time I was there, it was a lovely afternoon after having been out shopping in Spitalfields or showing people around like when I had you know guests coming to see me in, in London so yeah it's one of my favorite pubs yeah I used but to work just around the corner there as well and yeah great for it's on that corner so it gets mm. a bit of the, the the setting sun in the summer and the people are just spilling out onto the pavements mm. it's a really good atmosphere there and then obviously you know, Thursday Friday in particular mm. after work people will go there for an hour or two and then they'll slip into Shoreditch or uh, or Hoxton and, mm. and sort of rev up the night even further. So, yeah, always always enjoyed that. Really yeah. good atmosphere. Um, in general, um, what I really love about English pubs is, again, I think they can be quite like gemütlich, quite cozy. Yep. You know, with having newspapers lying there and open fires, and then the whole like Sunday roasting—that's something that doesn't really exist here. So that's quite nice, and it's just like really, like long drawn um, lunches, and and just taking your time and not being in a rush. I do like that. Okay. Any others in, in London that you'd you'd point out as particular favourites? I don't know. I think to me they're all a little bit all the same. Excuse Is me. That <laughs> you come to our country. 
taking our jobs <laughs> and our men and this is how you repay us. I don't think I've come across like a bad pub in London yet. You know, like all the pubs we go to, there's always, they're always like quite... That's because you're with me and I'm taking nah, to the right places. Yeah, because you're, yeah. you're the expert. Um, but I think if the staff's friendly and there's like enough like space to sit, then, then I'm happy okay. pretty much. I'm not a beer snob like you, so just give me a, like Again, a soda. Again, you? <laughs> soda water and I'll be happy. <laughs> I oh, remember that. Okay. <laughs> so I guess from a a female perspective, then is, mm. is there anything because you know the majority of people who listen to this probably will be guys, um, and typically I would say that the pub is more of a a male focused area. Mm. I would yeah. say. And you know. Not, not entirely, and there's some places which are more welcoming to, to women than others, I would suspect. But, yeah. it, I mean, is there anything that you particularly dislike about pubs from a sort of female perspective? It's mm. a good question. I don't think there's anything I dislike. I mean, actually, one thing I don't, I don't love is that you don't have table service at pubs. Okay. And that's one thing that here, it's not just a female-male thing, right? That's just in general, I think they should have table service. Because here, for instance, a waitress will come to you, take your order, and then if you're in a bigger group, let's say 25 people, yeah. they'd come and even like sit down and, um, and like go through the entire order for the table and, and strike off what's been paid for or not. And yeah. you know, they really take that time and just sit down. Okay, that's quite cool. I mean, I suppose that's probably more, more focused on uh, situations where there's food involved, right? Or is that also? No, that's also for drinks, oh, really? yeah. Huh. But yeah, when there's food involved, they come and sit down and ask you how, how you enjoyed your food and it's all very casual and they, they go around from person to person. It's not a stressful situation to have to split the bill. You know, it's quite like a, just part of the whole experience. And and then there's no one who gets stung with a massive bill like yeah. it always happens when we go out with a group. Yeah, sure. Okay. And, and that's quite common, is it? In in uh, beer houses or beer halls or I think so I mean really? it also depends on how friendly the waitresses and the waiters are yeah but yeah it is quite common I think um, but then about the the female thing again I guess if, if the drinks were maybe more targeted at women maybe more women would come I mean most of the the drinks like all these microbreweries if you look at the labels they're all more targeted at men, right? And all the new ales that are coming out, Brewdog and stuff. I doubt their 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 customers are very female heavy. It's probably more men. Mm, maybe. So maybe the breweries have to actually work on that problem and but then solve it if, upstream. If well, if your customers are mainly men, you're gonna you're gonna brand. Yeah. But there's a big gap in the market, right? Yeah, I mean, so. and you we'll have a lot beer, of buying so power. Maybe yeah. so. Yeah. Before we go, I mean, we're in Bavaria. Is, is there anything you'd like to say to the predominantly UK-based listenership of Go to the Local as a as a pub? 
public service announcement, maybe for the yeah. tourist board in Bavaria? Yeah, I mean, I would say if you haven't been to Bavaria yet, it's definitely worth a visit. I mean, I would say Berlin, Munich, two top cities in, in Germany, very different, but Bavaria is just so beautiful. Um, loads of good food. It's just super relaxed to be here, like really nice nature, like quite outdoorsy. Like we just went for a beautiful walk around a lake, snow-covered mountains and nearby and it's it's a lot of fun. And Oktoberfest in Munich obviously is one for the bucket list. So yeah, come to Bavaria. <laughs> Very nice. Actually, just a tip, if you are going to Oktoberfest, um, the accommodation in Munich is always very, very expensive, yeah. but you can very easily stay out of town. You can stay as far as Salzburg, actually, in, mm. in Austria, just over the border from where we are today. Um, and the accommodation will be half the price and the cost of a train ticket, the two hour journey um, from Munich down there is, is probably five or six euros per person. Yeah, it's super cheap and it works yeah. for the entire weekend, I think. Just get the barrier ticket, just don't get off at the wrong train station, is a word of advice. It's happened before. No? Yep. Yeah. As we've learned the hard way, just make sure you know where you're going. Yeah. yeah, that's that's so that's word to the wise. Um, don't stay in Munich for Oktoberfest. Yeah. Uh, stay, stay in beautiful Bavaria, a little bit further east, a little bit further south. Okay. Well, all that remains me for to say is thank you, Gabby, for Thanks showing for me, me the Torhäusel in Freilassing, Bavaria, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Cheers.